We're gonna get bloody on this one, Roger. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. Jingle bell swing and jingle bells ring. Snowing and blowing a bushels of fun. Now the jingle hop has begun. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. Jingle bells chime in jingle bell time. Dancing and prancing in jingle bell square. In the frosty air, what a bright time. It's the right time to rock the night away. Jingle bell time is a swell time to go gliding in the one-horse sleigh. Giddy up, jingle horse, pick up your feet. Jingle around the clock. Mix and mingle in the jingle and beat. That's the jingle bell rock. Hello. And welcome. To that the was home really creepy. record podcast. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Why was that creepy? I don't know. Just the way you were looking at me was really creepy. <laughs> I'm like, should I say something? Should I? Is he waiting for me? I don't know. <laughs> Not at all. Just being silly. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Home Wrecker Podcast. I am the Golden Greek, Alex Arion. I'm joined, as always, by my beautiful, lovely, gorgeous, Amazing trophy wife, Monique. Hello. Hi. Hi. So what are we talking about this week? I'm pretty excited because we're talking about Christmas time awesomeness of movies. Yes, that's correct. Now the movies we're going to talk about, hot debate every single year if these are Christmas movies, to which I say 100% absolutely. I think the listeners know where I'm getting with this. Where you're getting with this? Lethal Weapon and Die Hard. They are Christmas movies. Yeah. So we decided we're going to talk about both of them. And we're going to, it's going to be kind of like a Lethal Weapon versus Die Hard. Now, asking me to choose one of these two movies as my favorite would be asking me to choose one of my children as my favorite. It just can't be done. Wow. You're going to go with that analogy. I am. Wow. When it comes to these two movies, they're my top two favorites. Top two favorite of all time movies? Christmas movies. Christmas movies. These are your two favorite Christmas movies ever. I have to say the Lethal... Wow. Yeah, the Lethal Weapon series of movies is probably way up there with like my top favorite movie with sequels. I love the Lethal Weapon movie and sequels. I I love them all. I I love them too. That's why we're talking about them today. They're, They're awesome movies. There's so many things that make it holiday movies. All right, why don't we talk about what makes them holiday movies then? One, the blatant use of holiday Christmas music. Yes, in both movies. Yes. Mm -hmm. They take place during Christmas time. Yes. You see references uh, in Lethal Weapon to Christmas. He's watching like Christmas, um, what is it? Christmas Carol is on TV, like different things on the TV that portray that it's Christmas time. There's Santa. Yeah. In in both movies, there's a Santa Claus. They say ho, ho, ho several times to the bad guys in in die hard now i have, have a machine, machine gun, gun. Ho, ho, ho 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 and yeah. then in lethal weapon at the end what is it it's uh on the, on the christmas tree what, what did that say like hey dear bad guys oh, yeah. no one here but us good guys ho 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 or something, something like that, like that something yeah. like yeah so 
Okay. Wow. That that's me, by the way. That I just keep that sound. That's me just like brushing against my mic, making all this noise, being a jerk. So I apologize for that. I'm trying to do better. Okay. Go ahead. It's like the fifth time I've done it, and I'm like, what the heck is wrong with me? Keep hitting the darn mic. Okay. All right. <laughs> I didn't even notice. Well, you didn't. I, I, I've yeah. got the... I can hear everything. I, I'm, too, I'm too fired up talking about why these two movies are Christmas movies. Yeah. If you uh, don't think these are holiday movies, then you're insane. Nothing so, else matters right so, now. So that's why, in our opinion, these are Christmas movies. And, and there's a lot of people that share that opinion. Yeah, it, it's basically it takes place at Christmas time. It's mm-hmm. it has a nice holiday message, if you will, <laughs> and we'll get does? to that later. It yeah, does? it does. Okay, uh, this this I gotta hear. It's about trusting people and friendship and putting yourself out there. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. I guess so. Fine. Yeah. I never really thought of doing them that the way, right but thing. Okay. Do, uh, all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Family. Yeah, family does play family a part in, in, in both, both movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So let me remember, ask, I will find the positive in everything. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I should have known better. What was you I should've. thinking? Now, do you want to start by doing like a just a brief, brief, very yeah. brief synopsis of both movies? This will be super brief because one, if you haven't watched these two movies, I don't know what's wrong with you, and you you just. I don't know. Just I, wow. I don't know why you haven't watched these movies. And two, I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> and two, if you haven't watched Miss these Positivity. movies, stop and go watch them right now. Drop everything you're doing, watch these movies, and then come back and start to listen. Yeah, I agree. I would I would agree with that advice. Just stop what you're doing and go watch both movies, not just one, both. And especially around this time of year, they seem to be on cable a lot now. Yeah. So I'm Do sure you can, favor. yeah, even, even the edited for TV, like TNT or TBS or USA versions are fine. They're not, you'll, you don't get the get full, the, you don't get the full effect of the movie, but get the gist you of get it. the gist of it and they're fine. And if you want to go out and purchase them, I saw them yesterday. We were at Target and mm-hmm. they were like 10 bucks for the diehard 30th anniversary Blu-ray. And I think it was $10 for all four Lethal Weapon movies. I think people should just buy those movies based on principle of how good they are. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> let's. This is awesome. So let's. Yeah. Okay. So we're pushing. Go buy the movies. Never mind just watching. Go buy them is what you're I saying. I just really okay. support these movies. All right. Great. Now let's move on. Well, so which one do you want to talk about first? Should we let's do, do Die Hard? Lethal, let's lethal, do lethal weapon. weapon. Okay. Because that, so that came out first. It did. That's true. So Lethal Weapon came out first. Do you want to do like the brief synopsis? I'll let you do it because I want to talk about a few. Okay, so basically it starts out, you have uh, the main character is played by Mel Gibson. He is Martin Riggs. He's a police officer. Uh, Danny Glover plays Roger Murtaugh, who's also a police officer. They end up becoming partners. People think Riggs is crazy because he just does all kinds of wacky well, stuff, his, risky. Poli- he's very risky in his police work. Let's well, just put it that way. Well, basically, it's because his and wife of 10 years. Are you going to let me talk? Yes. I'll let you do the synopsis because you're better at it, but I'm just going to butt in every two seconds. I'm just trying to clarify. I'm just trying to clarify. We were going to make these very brief. Okay. We could go into details after. Okay. God, woman. You done? Are you? I've been done. Can I continue now? All right. So anyhow, Martin Riggs and, and Roger Murtaugh get put together as a team. One of Murtaugh's close friends contacts him because he needs help with something, and, and his daughter ends up dying, and they investigate the murder, basically come across a 
international heroin smuggling ring run by mercenaries and they're basically the movie is them going after and taking down this drug ring we'll just put it that way that's that's freaking as brief and basic as you can get we'll get into details after now for die hard same thing only this time you don't have two partners you have a cop john mcclain played by bruce willis he is arriving in los angeles to visit his wife during christmas time he gets to uh, the nakatomi building which is in downtown LA. It's a fictional building, doesn't really exist. But anyway, it's the Nakatomi building. I'm like smiling and shaking yeah. my head like, yeah. And while he's while he's up on the, it's at the 30th floor? 30th floor. The 30th floor uh, for uh, his wife's work holiday party. Terrorists, quote unquote terrorists, take over the building and all hell breaks loose. He ends up not, not getting, he ends up like kind of slipping away. And again, he's a cop, so he... He goes rogue. Slow, slowly takes down all the terrorists one by one until the end of the movie. When, yeah, he comes out on top. Yeah. Essentially. So that's it. So that's that's the two movies in a nutshell. They're 80s action flicks. They're freaking awesome. If so you like good. 80s action movies, th- these epitomize them. This is it. I mean, these are the, these are the ones. So now, which one, can you remember back, which one did you see first? Do you know? I don't remember. It's been so long for me too. I can't remember which one I saw first. But I, I want to say them all the time. So yeah, same here. And I watched these at a, at a young age. I was watching these when I was like nine or ten years old, easily. Yeah. So you too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've been watching these movies for the longest time. These have been staples in my viewing for pretty much most of my life. Yes. We did say that Lethal Weapon came out first. Came out nineteen eighty seven. And Die Hard came out in 1988. Mm-hmm. Did you know that Die Hard was actually based on a book? No. Uh, uh, you're, you're, I'm like the little did I know the that? little pause and and yeah, no, yeah, it was it was based on a book written by Roderick Thorpe, and the book was called Nothing Lasts Forever. Hmm. No, mm. I did not know that. Yeah. I know things about Lethal Weapon, but I did not know that about Die Hard. Yeah. Based on a book, I never read it. I think I, I think I have it, like on my Kindle or something. Hmm. But I've never actually read it, so I, I'm gonna probably make it a point to read that soon. I just, I'm just curious of the similarities. But that it's based on a book. I don't recall if the main character is John McClane or not. I don't know, but it is based on a book. The whole storyline and everything is based on a book. Same thing takes place in a tower, a holiday party. The whole thing is. I from feel like this, this book. is coming back to me as I remember something about this, but. I can't think of it all. You didn't right read now. the book, though. No, I, take I did it. not okay. read the book. It was written by Stephen D'Souza and Jeb Stewart. These are the two that did the screenplay for it. And Stephen D'Souza also did the screenplay for 48 Hours, Commando, Jumpin' Jack Flash, Hudson Hawk, Beverly Hills Cop 3, just to name a few. So this guy's done some pretty big movies, on, as well as Die Hard, obviously. And then Jeb Stewart. Did Leviathan, Lock Up with Stallone, The Fugitive with Harrison Ford, and Fire Down Below with Steven Seagal. So this guy's done some stuff too that, that's you know pretty recognizable mm-hmm. for, for back around that time. The movie was produced by Joel Silver, Lawrence Gordon, Charles Gordon, and Bean Marks. Now Joel Silver, he also this did Lethal Weapon. This dude also produced Lethal Weapon. Yes, thank you. He produced, if you go to IMDb, now most of my information that I got, my notes here, 
is IMDb. So go to imdb.com and you'll find all this stuff. But Joel Silver, he it was over 150 movies that he's produced. This guy has... He, his name is attached to some of the biggest movies ever of all time. He's got a hefty resume. Yeah, exactly. So if if you've you've probably seen not just one or two, but dozens of his movies, I'm sure. Yeah, and I, from what I remember, Mel Gibson, he, Joel Joel wanted Mel Gibson to star in this movie. Right, but obviously, he, I just he tried didn't, to picture it. Like, yeah, can you picture it with him, him instead, instead of Bruce Willis? I yeah, thought it it's was kinda, Bruce Willis. It worked out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Now, the movie Die Hard was directed by John McTiernan, who also did Predator, Last Action Hero, The Hunt for Red October, The 13th Warrior, The Thomas Crown Affair, and, and other stuff too. But those are like the big ones, the ones that I think most people would recognize. Oh, it's funny because The 13th Warrior, I love that movie. And I feel like it's more of the obscure movies, not as many people have seen, but it's actually a really good movie. Sure. Just wanted to throw that out there. Oh, great. We're not talking about that movie, though, I are know. we? I'm just naming these so yes. people know who these guys are. They're not just some schmoes that just did this movie. They, they went on to do other things or had done other things before these movies. As we said, Bruce Willis was John McClane. Alan Rickman was Hans Gruber, who was the main bad guy in the movie. He was the head terrorist i'm using my fingers in quotes because they weren't really terrorists they're, they were more they're so thieves. they're thieves yeah they're, and they're robbing just, the place yeah they're just robbing the place they weren't there to terrorize i mean they obviously did terrorize people if you're going by a literal definition mm-hmm. but they were it there just they were there well just to rob planned out elaborate yeah, it was a robbery. robbery yeah it was a robbery die hard when like we said it came out in 88 two hours 12 minutes long so it's kind of on the longer side yeah. for movies especially for the 80s i think a lot of the 80s movies tended to be around an hour and 30 hour 40 minutes for the yeah. most part but i tell you what two hours and 12 minutes it flew by there wasn't any dead part of the movie it wasn't dull at all everything made sense there wasn't any fluff in there everything tied together really well it was really 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 well done mm-hmm the budget for Die Hard was $28 million, which it's a lot of money. But if you're looking at it in like today's movie budgets, that's nothing. And you look at all the explosions and everything they did in that movie, you figure that's that's not a lot of money, right? Yeah. $5 million of that was Bruce Willis' salary, which up, up until that point in time, unheard of. That was, that was huge for him to get $5 million to do this movie because up until that point, he'd only really been in Moonlighting. That was like his big thing. He was mm-hmm. a TV star. This was like his first breakthrough movie role. I think it was a good investment. On, yeah, you think? Yeah, on the studio's part. <laughs> now, uh, the opening weekend for this movie in the United States did $601,000, which, again, doesn't seem like a lot. It ended up grossing $83 million, so they definitely made their investment back, and that's just in the U.S. Worldwide, it did $141 million worldwide. They definitely made back their $28 million investment, for sure. And of course, that's why they went on to do four sequels to this movie, because it's a a hell of a franchise. It ended up becoming a hell of a franchise for them. Now, we go over to Lethal Weapon, which came out in 87. That was an hour and 49 minutes long. So again, it was just under two hours, but it was getting right up there. It was getting close to that two-hour mark. Both movies were rated R. Forgot to mention that. Lethal Weapon had three sequels, but also has a TV series, mm. which we have not seen. No. We have not seen any of those episodes at all. Their budget was around $15 million, a lot less than Die Hard. 
their opening weekend in the U.S., they did $6.8 million. So they definitely had a better opening weekend. And they ended up grossing $65 million in the U.S. and $120 million worldwide. So those are, the, those are the economic numbers. Now, Lethal Weapon was directed by Richard Donner. That's a name that a lot anybody that's into movies should know that name, I, I would think anyway. He directed Superman. He did six episodes of the original Twilight Zone, three episodes of Gilligan's Island. He directed The Omen from 1976, the original one, not the remake. Uh, the Toy with Richard Pryor. The Goonies. I was going to say, I'm waiting for The Goonies. <laughs> Scrooged with Bill Murray. Love that movie. And he did all three Lethal Weapon sequels as well. He's got a, a, a very impressive resume, so look him up on IMDb. He's done so much stuff. He did just... Inc- iconic movies. So he's had his fingerprints all over tons of just classic iconic movies. The movie Lethal Weapon was also produced by Richard Donner. So he also produced Joel Silver, like we mentioned, and a woman named Jenny Liu. It was written by Shane Black, who did The Monster Squad, The Last Boy Scout, Last Action Hero, Iron Man 3, and The Predator, the 2018 version that came out last year. Jeffrey Bohm, who wrote Inner Space, The Lost Boys, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, The Phantom, and created the TV show Adventures of Briscoe County Jr., he assisted and basically did a couple of rewrites to Shane Black's script. So, yeah, because the, the original script was super dark. It was very dark. It was yeah. very dark yeah. and much less, like, no humor. Right. So they brought him in so he could... Yeah, he tweaked it yeah. a lot. Yeah, Make he it definitely more tweaked it a lot for people. Right, and I think he's the one that brought in the the aspects of Riggs's character, where Riggs again, played by Mel Gibson, where he liked the Three Stooges, did all kinds of wacky Three Stooges mm-hmm. jokes, and told all these kind of just cheesy jokes throughout the movie that fit into whatever scenario they were in. He did a lot of that stuff, so he definitely brought the humor and and lightened up the script a bit from yeah. what Shane Black had originally. Oh, yeah. That's. Some of the business stuff of the movie, so you can't remember when you which one you actually saw or when you saw anything like that. Did you watch them as videotapes from your parents' video store? Oh yeah. Okay. Is that is that when you first saw them? Do you think because you watched the videotapes from there? Okay. And they were awesome movies. I think I saw them on HBO. I remember watching Die Hard on HBO. I remember later on it came out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it would be like on TV all the time. Is what I mean. It would be on TV, and I watched it on TV too. Yeah, but again, when you see it. When you see the edited versions of them, and then you watch the the unedited versions, I mean, there's there's a you get the gist, but there's yeah. a lot of differences, there's a lot of stuff that's left out that's iconic parts of the movie. Like for example, and and we're gonna get a little explicit on the on this show, so here's the warning for everybody: Bruce Willis in Die Hard, yippee ki yay, motherfucker! Mm-hmm. Like that's such an iconic line that you're not gonna see when you watch it on TV. Yeah, Murta. I'm too old for this shit. I'm too old for this shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of that kind of humor and a lot of those lines that are just they're iconic and and you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to see those if you're watching it on TV. So now there was a lot of similarities in both movies. Yeah, there were. You give you give me a look like. Hmm. No, I was thinking about it. There, I mean, there were. I, I was I was reflecting, and yes, there were. There was a lot of similarities, but again, I think a lot of these 80s action movies, they all followed a, a specific formula. You have your protagonist, your your main hero. 
you have your main villain and then they clash they they have their conflict and it gets resolved you at the end you have your battle yeah pretty, i mean that's that's just not just 80s movies but all movies in general now the main characters for both movies are in law enforcement so that's a big that's a similarity yeah which i know what a stretch right the, the main good guy is a cop that's okay i big think that, stretch. i think that's an okay message to have at <laughs> yeah yeah of course sure absolutely and in both movies the main guys, they were white and black. When I, I, I was thinking about this when I was writing these down, jotting these down, because you could argue that, well, no, Die Hard was just Bruce Willis. But I would, ha- I would argue that he had Reginald Bell Johnson. Carl Winslow. <laughs> oh, I love him. He had him yeah, playing, Sergeant Powell. playing Sergeant Al Powell right, on the radio with him the whole time. Not the whole time, but for most of the movie, kind of as his backup, his yeah. his moral support, because he's by himself against all these terrorists, and he's the only guy that actually has his back, so to speak, in a in a metaphorical he's way. Supporting him he's supporting him. He's supporting him. He can. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he's and he's black. So he's they're kind of I would say they're partners in the yeah. movie. They were kind of partners, and then you have obviously Mel Gibson and Danny Glover, a white guy and a black guy. Mm-hmm. That wasn't obviously by design or anything like that. It's not like they planned this. No, it's just who was best for the role. Yeah, they're best for the role, and yeah. that's just how it worked out. But those are similarities with the movies. Now, the other thing when I was I was thinking about how how else are these movies similar? The bad guys, the main bad guys in both movies, th- they have a main you know like a boss, and then their henchmen. Mm-hmm. Right? They have like a secondary bad so guy. So lethal weapon, we have the general. You have the general and, and Joshua. Then, yep. Who's played by Gary Busey. And then in Die Hard. You've got Hans Gruber. Yep. And then you've got... It's Carl. Carl with yeah, a K. Carl. Who, who's like his number two. And in both movies, the main bad guy dies before his second in command. And the second in command is like the badass. Like he's yeah. he's way tougher than oh, yeah. than the boss. Just way tougher and obviously harder to kill. And I love Mr. Josh. And and they're like kind of the final scenes are with them because mm-hmm. in Lethal Weapon the final scene is Mel Gibson fighting Riggs against Mr. Joshua. Yeah, played fight. by Gary Busey. Gary, Gary Busey. And then in Die Hard, it's Carl coming up, who you think is dead, but comes up and grabs a gun and goes to shoot at John McClane. Yeah, and. Sergeant Powell takes him out. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there's a whole backstory with that too, with there, Sergeant Powell. Cause yeah, go ahead he, and tell it. So Sergeant Powell, we find out, works the desk. And there's a point in the movie where he's asking why he got flat feet. And he explains that he shot a kid. Why who asks him he's got flat feet? John McLean asks Sergeant Powell, why do you have flat feet? And he said, no, I shot a kid. And explained that he had one of those toy ray guns. It was dark and... It was an accident, but he couldn't really bring himself to ever draw his weapon on anyone. And one of the lines I love is how he says, at the Academy, they teach you everything you need to know except how to live with the mistake. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So you can tell that it deeply affects him. And then in the end, he ends up drawing his gun and shooting somebody to save John's life. Yes. So he shoots the main bad guy. And in Lethal Weapon, Danny Glover is the one that takes out Gary Busey's character too, right? Or no, no, no Rig- it was Riggs. Riggs he too. grabs, yeah, because he's kind of. Fallen. Did they both shoot him? 
Yeah, they, they I think both they both did, shot at him. I think him. they both shot him. Yeah, because Riggs in the end of Lethal Weapon, they fight basically kind of mano a mano. Basically, Mr. no, Josh. they fight. Okay, it wasn't Mr. basic, nothing basic well, about it. Well, I'm getting him. to it. They fight, but then Riggs doesn't kill him. No, he doesn't kill him. He just chokes him out with a nice triangle choke. Yes. It's awesome. And then he kind of collapses on Murtaugh. And then that's when Mr. Joshua gets up. Uh, they go to arrest him. The two two other cops go to arrest him, and then he draws a cop's gun from his holster and and goes to shoot at them. And they spin around the last. They blow him away. Him. Yeah, and and for you pro wrestling fans out there, the move that Riggs uses on Joshua is the same move that the Undertaker used for his finishing move. What he called the Hell's Gate, I think, is what he what he called it. Where he basically wraps his legs and around the guy's I arm and neck. I don't remember what it's called. Yeah, I think that's what it's called. But well, there were different martial anyway. arts styles that they did for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that that was how he finished him in the movie. He chokes him out with that move. The whole time, I'm like, why wouldn't you have him just arrest him? I get what they were doing with the theme, the battle. Well, well because it's a movie. That's I know, why. <laughs> I know. I get it. But I'm just like, just arrest him. Now, we we mentioned before about families. Yes. Families do play a part in the movies. They do. In Die Hard, John McClane is going, he's a New York City cop, so he's not an LA cop, he's a New York City cop, and he's coming to LA to visit his wife, who has moved there for a job opportunity. Wife. Yeah, yeah, but they're and, still and married. They're, and they're kids. And, yeah, and they're kids. And, and he's got two little ones, right? Yes. A boy and a girl. So he's going to see her. But they're but again they're estranged. And then in you in Die Hard, uh, excuse me, in Lethal Weapon, Riggs is a widower, so mm-hmm. his wife is dead. And that's part and of what I was trying to explain before with the whole thing of is he crazy? People, his wife died after ten years of marriage, and so he's having a really hard time with it. And yeah. people are saying either he's legitimately psycho he's lost it he's crazy or he's just doing it to try to get a pension yeah he's, he's faking yeah. it to try to draw a psycho pension i think that's what they called yeah. it right a psycho pension yeah so that's that's kind of an underlying theme of the of lethal weapon is Riggs crazy just because of just the, so some his, of the stuff his that he does. family his wife is gone he has right. no one but his right. dog but murtaugh and what's the dog's name again sam right? sam yeah and then burbank the cat right Burbank the cat, the cat is is with the Murtaugh Murtaugh's. family. Yeah. yeah, so Murtaugh is married and has three kids. He's got like an uh, a really like a late teen teenage age, daughter, late teens though, Mid. right? Uh, I'd say late because sixteen, sixteen, seventeen, whatever. She she's later teens. Yeah, not earlier. I yeah, guess. and then a son and a daughter, like a younger son and daughter. They're probably like kids. eight or nine. Yeah, real small kids. Now in Lethal Weapon. The teenage daughter has a crush on Riggs. When she first meets him, you can tell she's all like staring at him all dreamy eyed and you know, whatever. (laughs) She's got a crush. And she ends up getting kidnapped by the mercenaries who are running this international heroin smuggling ring. So she plays a big part in the movie because she gets taken and the the pretty much the finish of the movie, the last act of the movie is them getting captured or trying to get her back from the from these mercenaries yeah. and then they get captured and then escape and then hunt these guys down and Murtaugh kills the general and we already went over how Riggs fights Joshua and then they ultimately kill him because he tries to shoot them down. Now in Die Hard, you have the two little kids you don't really see until kind of towards the end of the movie because... This obnoxious reporter 
Go ahead. Well, I was going to say in the beginning, after he gets off the plane, you see his wife making a phone call to the house, talking to the housekeeper. Yeah, for Annie. like a for like a yeah. Second. So you just really, you do get a glimpse there. Yeah, very brief. But their big role or their big part of the story subplot, I guess, is towards the end of the movie when this obnoxious TV reporter who's on the case, but he's obnoxious. He's a he's somebody that even his coworkers can't stand. <laughs> Ends up weaseling his way into the into the McLean house and talking to the kids while their mother is being held hostage in the Nakatomi Tower and their father's running around basically trying to get rid of these terrorists one yeah. by one. So the mother sees them on TV and this is how the main terrorist finds out that John McLean's wife, the guy who's taken out all his henchmen one by one, has somebody that he cares about in the in the holiday party that has been taken hostage. And he's been using her office the whole time. Yeah, and and this idiot TV reporter guy is basically the one that he blew it. He blew he blew everything. Yeah, and he took advantage of these two little kids just to get a story. Yeah. So at the end of the movie, the wife ends up knocking the guy out when he tries to get a comment, which is pretty funny, and actually plays into the sequels too, it which does. is which is great. Yes. Yeah, you have you have that that aspect of the characters' families playing a part in the in the plot. In *Lethal Weapon*, it's a bigger part of the plot, obviously, but it's still it, the their kids. Family is the, hard, yeah, the, yeah, the families are obviously important to them, and they and they do play a part in the story. And they're both late '80s action films. That's another similarity. Yeah, and I was kind of that was that's a real obvious one. And they both had at least three sequels. Yeah, yeah. We we talked about how. Die Hard had four sequels. They've they've done five, right? Five total. Is it five or six? Five, I thought. Because there's Die Hard. Die Hard, Die Hard Two, two Die, Die Hard with, with a Vengeance, Vengeance, Live Free Live or Die Hard, and, and a then Good Day. A Good Day to Die, Die Hard. Hard. Okay, yeah, so, so five. five. And then they get Lethal Weapons One, Two, Three, and Four, and a little Lethal Weapon TV series, which again I can't comment on because I haven't seen. And neither of you. Nor have I. Right. Both movies we talked about they're produced by Joel Silver. Mm-hmm. Right, and they as we this why we're talking about it because they take place at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Which I actually I read an article and somebody interviewed Mel Gibson and he came out and said, at that point in time, I guess everyone wanted to center their movie around Christmas. That was just the thing to do back then, and that's why you see a lot of that. Bruce Willis has come out and said that Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. Did you know that? Well, he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> that, I think he says that just to upset people. I, I th- he's got to be trolling people. I mean, oh, he has to. Got to be. Come, because come on, how is it not, not Christmassy? <laughs> but yeah, he he has. Okay, come on and said it's, that. I I will give it an action movie first, sure, but it's also a Christmas movie. So we've gone over some similarities between the movies, but now you've got a couple of things that you wanted to talk about. I do. First of all, nothing says Christmas like drugs, hookers, and Mel Gibson's naked ass. And he does have tan lines, which we commented on. Wait, I commented on? No, like I you like, commented we, on. Well, I'm not checking the guy's ass out. I don't it's care. It's blatantly there. I wasn't <laughs> checking it out. It was there in front of us, clear as day. Right. You saw it just as well as I did. Maybe I looked away at the time. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. I have a question about Lethal Weapon. In the beginning, Murtaugh is taking a bath. And I think that's where we meet his character. 
His family comes in to sing happy birthday. They have a cake. They're singing happy birthday. Yeah. Anyone else think it was really weird his family just busted in on him while he's taking a bath? I thought it was weird that he was taking a bath. I don't. I see no problem and, but, with but, him taking a bath. But, but, but yes, the part where his family busts in with a birthday cake. Yeah, like while he's who, in the bathtub. Do yeah, families really do weird. that? Because sure. we never did that. When you're in the tub, you're naked. You respect people's privacy, and you certainly don't all come in and. Well, every family's different, I guess. They are. I just I thought it was weird, and then like the daughter kind of is hanging out in there. The teenage daughter. The, the oldest daughter's kind of hanging yeah, out. Yeah, you get some gray hair in your beard. Yeah, yeah like, it was kind of. Why weird. wouldn't you be like okay? A little strange. Yeah, so I'm curious for our listeners. Not normal. Is that, anyone else think that was odd or is that something people do? Is it some kind of tradition? I don't know. Maybe, remember this movie came out in 1986, so maybe back then it was a normal thing. I don't know. Who knows? I'm curious. I don't recall ever barging on my parents when they were taking a shower because I don't think they took baths. They were more shower people when I was a kid. Uh, I Yeah, I don't... I don't. To me, it wasn't normal. I thought it was a little odd, but again, to each his own. I, I was just curious about that. I just wanted to know. That was it? That I was your, that was your big thing? I just thought it was weird. Was there anything else that you wanted to... Okay, so <laughs> towards the end... Of? Of Lethal Weapon. We're still on Lethal Weapon. Okay, all right. Towards the end, Murtaugh's daughter gets kidnapped. And then Mr. Joshua calls and he says, we just want to know what Hunsacker told you. Here we go. Murtaugh. We don't want your daughter. We just want to know what Hunsacker told you. Dry Lake, Victorville, sunrise tomorrow. Be there. I feel like my reaction would be like, uh, can I just tell you on the phone and you let her go? <laughs> like, is that something we really need to meet? I get it's just for the movie to get it where it needs to be, but I'm just thinking, dude, you're on the phone right now. Why don't we just talk and I'll tell you? Well, if you think about it too, his daughter's been kidnapped. He obviously will want to get a face-to-face with the kidnappers to get her back. I know, but if I was the bad guy, yeah, I would think, tell me what you know. Obviously, they were going to torture him. If you were the bad guy, would you go kidnapping somebody's kid or would you just go after the guy and just get him? Oh, I go after the guy. It means cut, cut, cut through all the crap and just yeah. go, to the, go to the guy himself. Yeah, don't give them time to get upset and plot. Yeah, but again, it wouldn't be as, exactly. as great a story. Yeah. 
one part I thought was really funny. And we're still on Lethal Weapon? Yes, we're okay. still on Lethal Weapon. One part I thought that was so funny was right before Murtaugh meets Riggs, he's like told, he sees this guy, it's Riggs in, in the police station across from his office. And he's just kind of watching him as this other sergeant or whoever is talking to him. And then he says, oh, and by the way, you got a new partner today. Or you're getting teamed up with somebody. And then he, uh, you see Riggs get up and you can see his gun. And Murtaugh shouts out, gun! And so Riggs, of course, pulls his, draws his gun and is like, what, no, what, where's already, the guy? He already had his gun. He had his gun out. He was like looking at it or cleaning it or something. Oh, he, but yeah. yeah. So and that's why Murtaugh then he's said like, gun. What, what's going on? And just Murtaugh goes to tackle Riggs. And the look on Riggs' face was priceless. It was such a good job of the, oh, shit. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. On the Hunsaker case, Raj. That was quick. So was the autopsy. They're not calling it a suicide. What? Surprise, surprise. First off, coroner found evidence she used barbiturates. Mm. Brilliant detective work. There were pills all over the place. Right, right. That, that, that's not the surprise. Surprise is someone doctored the pills. Jesus. Every capsule was loaded with drain cleaner. If she hadn't jumped, she would have been dead inside 15 minutes. Even this case stinks. Hey, Raj, uh, you know, Lieutenant you look Sam younger with the beard. Three, three. Thanks, Captain. Lieutenant oh, yeah. Sam, You shaved the beard. Some detective. Got two more things. Shoot. First. Condition of the sheets in the mattress indicated someone else was in the bed with Amanda just before she died. That's A. What's B? B is, I'm supposed to tell you, you're breaking in a new partner in on this. Partner again? Yeah, some cat he's on loan from Dope. Real burnout, on the ragged edge. Oh, perfect. Gun! Raj, meet your new partner. <laughs> me i'm the guy with the gun yeah wait what he i just thought <laughs> anything last gibson. minute takes him down yeah yeah i thought mel gibson did a really good job mel with that gibson reaction. was awesome oh, in every so part of this good. movie yeah. he was fantastic yeah like you believe that this like he makes which obviously every actor's goal is but he makes me believe that Riggs is a real person who actually really lives like in if i was walking in california i would see Riggs. Like that's how good a job he, he nailed did. it. He made him like so, like he was so awesome in in the role. Just everything he did was awesome. Oh, absolutely! Like he thought through just just all the different like. And I'm not an actor, so I don't know all the technical terms and stuff. But just everything he did, all the choices he made with his facial expressions, just everything he did was just right on. It was so awesome. He did such a great job he with really, everything. He really did. And Glover too. Glover was great too. They were they were just they both and they both just interacted so well together. They met. They were just they, they complemented each other. Very yeah, they, well. it was just such yes. a perfect, perfect dynamic between the two. I want to go watch it again now. Yeah, it's one of those movies I never get tired of watching because it yeah. it's so funny and I quote it all the time. This is a movie that I'll randomly send like quotes from to my brother, or he'll send them to me. Just random quotes from Lethal Weapon because it, it's just. It's just so good. Like everything about this movie is just awesome. Oh, it is. You're think you're saying, "Oh, you can I can quote it all the time." I'm just thinking she's like, "You know how uh they're in the very beginning, they're at a crime scene and there's a hooker and she wants to go home and Murtaugh's like, yeah, let her go home." And she's like, "Yeah, her name's Dixie. You know how it is." And Murtaugh goes, "Yeah, I'll dress up and no one to blow." <laughs> I'll dress up and no one to blow. Oh, we got a uh, hooker. 
<laughs> the the jumper on the on the uh, the guy who's trying to commit suicide, and and Riggs is like, Riggs is like, oh let me go up let me go up and and Murtaugh's you know, bring him down yeah yeah I'll bring him down <laughs> jumps with the guy, <laughs> but then he gets so mad they go to the store across the street and he's so mad he yeah. like slams the door it just goes flying it just, out it doesn't even shut it just nope. doesn't it Opens just unhinges yeah. the other way yeah it's so good yeah just, this movie is fabulous. So fantastic. Really, really good. This was such lethal weapon. Is this is this is movie. this is fantastic podcast. It's so good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Really good. Yeah. It was so good. It was I know, awesome. I, I love this movie. Yeah. Me no, too. I'm just. I love it. I'm yeah, thinking back to good. like now. I want to go watch it again. Yes, it's definitely one of those movies you can watch over and over. Now, Die Hard. Mm. One of the things that popped in my head when we were watching it is when Bruce Willis is crawling in the vent. And he... <laughs> so this is what a TV dinner feels like. <laughs> Come out to the coast. We'll get together. Have a few laughs. I know what a TV dinner feels like. Yeah. Come to the coast. We'll get together. Have a few laughs. Yeah. And and then I just thought of The Office. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, uh, Where uh, um, Pete... Pete, Pete, yes, in like season Plop. nine. Yeah. yeah, he he. They have an episode of The Office where he's like, "I know all the lines. I remembered it," and he's telling Aaron about it, and yeah. that just popped in my head the yeah. way Pete was doing it, and then watching Bruce yeah. Willis do it. Yeah, I'm just hoping German terrorists don't take over this Christmas party. Make me go all John McLean on their asses. Wait, German terrorists? That's oddly specific. And I think, I think you mean John McCain. Die Hard reference. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen Die Hard? Mm-hmm. Why haven't you seen Die Hard? I don't know. I just haven't. Come on. You had to have at least seen some of it. Nope. Now, I have a machine gun. Uh, ho, ho, ho. Come out to the coast. We'll get together. Have a few laughs. None of yeah. this makes any sense to me. Oh, yeah. And when he takes the gun off his back <laughs> and he's like, yippee mother. Actually, he doesn't say that there. He says it earlier when he's on the radio with Hans. Yes, you are right. Forgive me. Very good. Very good. Now, what are some of your favorite scenes from Die Hard? From Die Hard. We're back to Die Hard. Let's see. Uh, favorite scenes. There's so many good ones. Uh, I like the character of Ellis, played by Hart Bachner. <laughs> Such <laughs> a dick. Bubby. So awesome. Hans, Bubby. Hope I'm not interrupting. What does he want? It's not what I want, it's what I can give you. Look, let's be straight, okay? It's obvious you're not some dumb schmuck up here to snatch a few purses, am I right? You're very perceptive. I watch 60 Minutes, I say to myself, these guys are professional, they're motivated, they're happening, i.e., they want something, huh? I figure you're here to negotiate, am I right? You're amazing, you figured this all out already. (laughs) Hey, business is business. You use a gun, I use a fountain pen. What's the difference? Let's put it in my terms. You're here in a hostile takeover. You grab us for some green mail, but you didn't expect some poison pill was going to be running around in the building. Am I right? Hans, 
Booby, I'm your white knight. I must have missed 60 minutes. What are you saying? <laughs> yeah, uh, I I really liked the scene where he, he ne- is negotiating, quote-unquote, with, uh, with John McClane, trying to get him to basically give up the detonators for Hans so Hans can continue with his plan. That that whole scene was great. And Hans' reaction um, is great to that, too. Oh, he, yeah, yeah. He's just Alan looking, Rickman's like, awesome. seriously, it's like, and you figured that out all by yourself. Yeah, yeah. He's Alan Rickman's great. So I, I really, really enjoyed that because every time that comes on, I just, I have to, if, if it's on TV, I'll, I'll always stop if that scene's on and I'll watch through that scene at least. I really like the part where McLean is on the roof and he ties the fire hose around himself and he's like praying to God, like, well, please, God, don't let me die. Please, God, don't let me die. And and then he, you know, jumps off the roof as it as it blows up and, you know, has to shoot his way into the building because the, and he's barefoot and he's trying to break the glass with his feet swinging back and forth and he can't. So I he has like, to shoot the glass. and Yeah, I liked how you mentioned, I liked how he had talked to himself. Well, yeah, because he had nobody else to exactly, talk to. He's by himself the whole time. but I liked that because it wasn't like a constantly talking to himself, but it was enough where like, yeah, I could see somebody actually saying that out loud in the moment. Sure, absolutely. Uh, and, and and as we talked about, he does talk on the radio with with uh, Sergeant Al Powell as well. But there's, there's moments where he's got to have, because that's the other part, when he's talking to Al, he's on an open radio channel where the te- he's got a terrorist radio. Yeah. So the terrorists can hear him talking. That's Which why Which is why he doesn't give his name. He doesn't give his name. He calls himself Roy. Because Roy After Rogers. Roy Rogers, right. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that that I really liked. I, I like the the scene where he's in the, in the vent and he's talking to himself there. Because <laughs> it is. It's stuff that, yeah, you'd think a person would be doing that in if this was real, you would be doing that because you'd go out of your freaking mind just sitting in there. I mean, what if you're claustrophobic? You're going to be talking to yourself to try to keep your mind off of things. That's a good point. You know what I mean? So just those, those kind of things, those little touches that the, the, the screenwriters put into the movie and the, and the movie makers, they, I just think they did a fantastic job. And obviously the actor, Bruce Willis, acted so well because he's another one. If I saw him on the street dressed in the John McClane gear, like in a cop outfit or whatever, jeans and a t-shirt, I would think... That's John McClane. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you wouldn't, I mean, obviously you'd go, oh, it's Bruce Willis, but. It's realistic. It's realistic. Yeah, it was done really well to, in my, in my it, opinion. In something that seems so unrealistic. In these types right. of unrealistic situations, you have a character who Who's, seems realistic. Right, exactly. Thank you. Very well said. What other parts? I, I really liked, I liked the, I see, I like little, little, the little bits of humor that are tossed in there. I liked the, uh, the the scene where they're in the TV station and Thornburg's trying to get the the, uh, van? the van and the uh, the the head the head uh, the Newscaster. head news news anchor guy. They're about to go on the air and he says something to Thornburg as, as they're counting him down. And Thornburg says like "eat it" or "stick it" or so, he says something to him. And the guy just kind of gives him a dirty look and then they go live on the air. And the guys get looking off camera, and he's got this like dirty look on his face, like angry. And then they tell him, "Hey, we're live." We we forgot <laughs> to mention with the similarities, Mary Ellen Trainer. For those of you who don't was know, was she in both movies? Yeah, the mom from the Goonies. She she's was in, in both Lethal movies? Weapon. She was the psychologist, the police oh, psychologist. Oh, that's right. She's in the and she she's was the newscaster, the co-anchor. Lady. She was yeah. the co-anchor. That's right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you're right. Yes. Yeah. I love Didn't her. even think of that until you just said it. Okay. Yeah, but. Uh, 
back to what I was saying, the, the anchors got this like mad look and then they tell him, we're on, we're live, we're on the air, or oh, we're on the air, Harvey, and he kind of has to compose himself and look at the camera all smiling. <laughs> it's just, I stuff like that I find hilarious. And then like a few minutes later, they're cutting back to the newscast and they've got like a doctor on who's talking about the hostage situation <laughs> and he's talking about Helsinki and uh, the the anchor Harvey jumps in with as in Helsinki Sweden and the, and the <laughs> the guest goes Finland <laughs> just like complaining. and and, the, and Harvey's like uh, doesn't know doesn't really know what to say but obviously just looked like a complete idiot on TV just stupid little subtle things like that I appreciate and they're tossed in there just to get you to laugh but those are like the little nuances of the movie that I I just I loved that kind of stuff yeah, it's so well done. And I just want to yeah. point out, William Atherton is the newscaster guy who... Dick Thornburg. Yeah. Richard yeah, Thornburg. Yeah, Richard Thornburg. But he was also in Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah. he was, he was yeah. an annoying prick in Ghostbusters yeah. too. Was, he was also in Biodome and he was kind of a dick in that movie too. He's so good at he's, playing yeah, like annoying a great jerks. Yeah, annoying guy. Yeah. yeah. He's fantastic. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Props to you. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Yeah, so the, those are the parts of the movie. I mean, obviously the the other the big action scenes and all that kind of stuff. Yes, but those are the parts that I always just I always get into that those little things that it's like they're the little quips. Yeah, they're not like main parts of the movie. They're not the parts that everybody remembers. But for me, I always appreciate those kind of things. They are great. They did such a good job for both movies. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing because these are Christmas movies and they're action movies and they're like buddy comedy movies in a sense. I, yeah, I mean, Die Hard, you can make the argument that it is kind of a buddy movie because of the, the di- dynamic between McLean and Al. Yeah. But they're not really on screen together till the very end. They're not really in a in a scene together, like on screen together. Okay, you know one, I mean? one question I have is at the very end. Yeah. Well, oh, maybe it's because... The very the end of Die Hard we're talking about? Yeah, the okay. very end of Die Hard where... Sergeant Powell comes out, McLean and his wife Holly are walking out and they see each other. And I'm just thinking like, how do they know it's the other person? I was thinking that when we were watching it last night too, like how do they know that? I, I, I well, guess I mean, it's supposed to be like, for, they're just supposed to know. For for Al, obviously he would know because there's only one guy that's in the building that's a good guy on their side. And he's the one that comes out all beat up and in a, you know, he's all bloody and that's beat what up I figured, but so for al it's kind of easy to know that that's john mcclain but for john mcclain how the hell is he gonna know that that's al in a sea of cops that are all yeah. out there well i just think too though you think oh well he's the one all busted up dirty and everything sure but how awkward would it be if he went up to the wrong person <laughs> they should have <laughs> like, they they're like why are you hugging me if i was booking the movie <laughs> <laughs> Have him, yeah, have him come out, go up to somebody totally, totally random, wrong person, completely wouldn't fit in the story of the movie at all, and then and then have him find the right guy. Hey, wait, no, it's me over here. <laughs> no, oh, sorry, that's like something they would do in like a spoof movie. Yeah. You know, it just pops in my head. It makes me laugh. Yeah, good stuff. Now you have some differences. In well, I mean, movies. there's a lot of differences. Some of the glaring ones. Uh, Riggs has a special forces background, but he's also a cop. McLean doesn't have that. He's just an ordinary NYPD police officer. That's it. But Riggs, again, it, it makes sense in the story because he's able to take on these special forces mercenaries because mm-hmm. he's got a special forces background. 
uh, Riggs is widowed and McLean's married and his wife is still alive, obviously. That's who he's there visiting in, in California. Both movies do take place in Los Angeles. One of the differences is that Lethal Weapon takes place all over Los Angeles. They're going everywhere. They're going to Riggs's Riggs's trailer. They're in Murtaugh's house. They're they're everywhere. But it's based in Los Angeles, whereas Die Hard primarily takes place in the Nakatomi building. Now, you do see a couple of scenes here and there. We talk about at the TV station. There's a part of the convenience store Mm -hmm. with Al buying Twinkies. But where the main character is. But the main character, the main story arc is taking place in Nakatomi, at at the Nakatomi building. In Lethal Weapon, the main heels, the main bad guys are drug dealers. And Die Hard, they're thieves. The main bad guys are thieves, disguised as terrorists. And then in Lethal Weapon, you don't really see him much in the first movie. He has kind of a bigger role in in the subsequent sequels. But the police captain, he's pretty much on their side for most of the movie. He's very supportive of Riggs and Murtaugh. He's a captain. He's going to chew them out when they do something wrong. But he's, for the most part, supports them. He's, you know what I mean? He's like, he's well, kind of in their corner, say, right? It's almost like, I could argue with that in the first one. In the sequels, yes. But in the first one, where Mary Ellen Trainer, the psychologist, is talking to him about Riggs, she's like, he needs help. He's going to collapse. Like, he could kill himself. And he thinks that he's just doing it probably for the pension. And one of those just kind of attitudes of... Kind of, but, but it's more so... Get this, get this shrink off my back kind of thing. And like, leave Riggs alone kind of thing. And I get that. But it, so to me, that's having the guys back for me because you know Riggs doesn't want to talk to a shrink. Oh yeah. So that to me, that's how I took it. But I guess I can see. But you could, you could look at it. I, I just way look at well. it like if you look at law enforcement, maybe that's could be what somebody needs though because they're having because even says what you don't think I, I I think about eating a bullet or something like that. He talks about he thinks about killing himself. Yeah, he probably needs some professional help. Okay, but does the captain know that? The captain maybe, doesn't know that. Maybe the that. captain should, is my point. The captain's going to have like, an, like a real intimate personal relationship and know all of the ins and outs of Riggs' life? No, I'm just saying he do should... Do police captains do that with their that, subordinates? That's not what I was saying. I was saying he should be looking out for the best interest of his officers. He thinks he is looking out for the best interest by keeping know, the shrink off his back. this is back in the 80s. This is, the, this is exactly, this is the 80s. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was tough, guys. It was depression. Come on, yeah. what's that? Suicidal. Come on, what's that? Sh- go eat a steak. You're yeah. fine. You know that kind of thing. Whereas, so like I was saying, the police captain he's supportive of the main characters. Whereas in Die Hard, the deputy the, chief, the deputy chief <laughs> Dwayne, <laughs> the deputy chief. He's not supportive at all. He's like all over Bruce Willis's ass in the movie. He's all. You know, he he's not supportive at all. He thinks he could be helping the terrorists. He is completely against them. He doesn't want to help them at all. He's telling the butt out, stay out of it. Yeah, he's not really that that authority figure on the law not enforcement side. Is not for the protagonist in Die Hard. Is that him? Is that him? Yes, sir. Now, you listen to me, mister. I don't know who in the hell you think you are or what you're doing, but you just destroyed a building. Now, we do not want your help. Is that clear? We don't want your help. I've got a hundred people down here and they're covered with glass. Glass? Who gives a shit about glass? Who the fuck is this? This is Deputy Chief of Police Dwayne T. Robinson and I am in charge of this situation. Oh, you're in charge? Well, I got some bad news for you, Dwayne. From up here, it doesn't look like you're in charge of jack shit. You listen to me, you little asshole. I'm a- Asshole? 
I'm not the one who just got butt-fucked on national TV, Dwayne. <laughs> now you listen to me, jerk-off. If you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Quit being part of the fucking problem and put the other guy back on. But not only that, but that deputy chief wasn't supporting his own sergeant. Right. Who's telling him, like, I got a hunch. Yeah, he's you not gotta su- trust yeah, me. He's trying to get and, him to yeah. leave and, and Al's yeah. like, You couldn't drag me away. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Dwayne T. Robinson, he's not supportive at all. And even at the end of the movie, after the terrorists are, or the thieves are dead, every everything's done, all the hostages come out. McLean comes out and Dwayne's coming at him. Oh, we, I'm going to come at you for murder. for Ellis's murder. Yeah. You got to answer for this. You got to answer for that. And yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's and the only reason he stops is because Carl comes up off uh, off of the out of the body bag and yeah. grabs like a gun and goes to shoot at McLean. And that's when Al drops him up until the very end. Dwayne is not at all about helping out. It, yeah. Again, like you said, his sergeant or McLean. He it, no, he wants nothing to do with them. He thinks they're in the wrong. So those are that's another difference between the movies. You're not going to give me your favorite movie, I'm sure. So you're not going to pick a favorite. I, I feel like they're tied, and depending on how I feel, I might be in the mood for one above another, perhaps. But I will say, in terms of the sequels, Lethal Weapon is my favorite, just because the. We're not last, talking about the sequel. I know. I'm just saying, like, to look at it that way, the last... If you're looking at each franchise overall? Yeah. Okay. I'd say, I, as much as I love most of the Die Hard ones, I, I love all the Lethal Weapon ones. But to just go die, the first Die Hard and the first Lethal Weapon, I can't... So we're going to go with a tie? Choose. It's a tie. I'll say a tie as well, because it's hard to pick. And I know that's kind of a cop-out answer, but I would have to... I. I'm like you though. I could I could be in a mood for one or the other, but I'll never say no to either one. If you were mm-hmm. like, "Hey, let's watch," uh, all right, let's watch it. I, have, I I'll never turn down watching either one of these movies. But it it's so hard to pick a favorite for me, also just because they are so good. In their similarities and in their differences, they're so good. They're so unique and they're just very memorable. If, again, if you haven't seen either movie. Go and watch them. What are for you crying waiting out for? Loud. Go watch. Don't them. even wait for someone to get it for you for Christmas. Just yeah, go out just go, now. Yeah, just turn on the TV. It's probably on probably. right now. I'm sure it's on demand. I'm sure <laughs> or something. Yeah. Now in the future, I think because they each have had so many sequels, we should maybe revisit this. We'll see what the listeners think, but I, I think we should revisit this. And maybe do like a Die Hard two versus Lethal Weapon two, and kind of compare sequels yeah. and, and do like a versus and, and figure out which one we like better. I don't know if we're ever going to get around to watching the Lethal Weapon TV series. Honestly, for me, even though it's supposed to be the same characters, if it's not Danny Glover and Mel Gibson, I don't think I could get into it. I, I That's just me. I mean, I've heard from a couple different people, and I've read reviews online, that the Lethal Weapon TV series, at least the first couple seasons, were pretty good. Now, I know that they ended up changing one of the actors yeah, for some the reason. Yeah, character, Riggs. Yeah, it, he ends up getting changed for some reason. I don't know, whatever. I, again, I'm not really too well versed on the the history there but i don't know if we're ever going to get around to watching the the tv series so we're going to keep that off the table for now just stick to the movies but i think we could definitely do like a two versus two three versus three you know let's see what the listeners think because i'd like to do that but listeners what do you want to hear yeah if you enjoyed if you enjoyed this little diehard versus lethal weapon show and us kind of going back and forth about it and you want to hear us do Lethal Weapon 2 versus Die Hard 2, let us know. 
You can hit us up on our Twitter. At HomewreckerPod. Instagram. HomewreckerPodcast. Or go to our website. www.homewreckerpodcast.com. Yeah, just hit us up and let us know if, if you'd want to hear us continue on with this. And honestly, we might just do it anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but yeah, we, we, we appreciate your feedback. That's definitely how to reach out to us is on our social media and through our website. And if you get a minute, please go on over to iTunes, hit that subscribe button, mm-hmm. and leave us a five-star review. Helps us to grow the show. Do you have any other thoughts this week, Monique? I think we have one more movie we're going to talk about this month. And I, I, yes, I think we should save it for Christmas. I think it comes out Christmas Eve. No, Christmas no, Day. Cr- It'll Christmas come out Christmas Day. Day will be that, so, that episode. So Christmas yeah. Day, a very special Christmas movie to talk about for our listeners. Not what you expect. Well, it's us, so it probably is what they expect. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. But until next time, I am the Golden Greek Alex Aaron. and I've been joined by my beautiful, lovely, gorgeous, amazing trophy wife. Oh, thank you. Monique, I love you. Love you too, babe. And you've been listening to the Homewrecker Podcast. Merry Christmas. Well, it's not Christmas yet. Yeah. Merry Christmas time. Happy holidays. Time is now.